0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to another edition of Bull Predictions here at Inside Nebraska. With me, as always, is Steve Mark and Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter, and guys, we have a uh, we have a little rivalry game Black Friday between Nebraska and Iowa to predict and pour over and analyze over analyze. Nebraska is now a two and a half point favorite after opening as a one point underdog, basically a pick 'em. But still, if uh, if that line holds true, it'll only be the third time that Iowa is the underdog going into a game Um, and that the other two were Wisconsin and Penn state. So Wisconsin, Penn state and Iowa or uh, Nebraska are the three, the three teams that Iowa is going to be an underdog against 26 and a half point total for the over under, which I don't know. It's the lowest for an Iowa game this year, which would then mean lead me to believe that, uh, it's the lowest point total in college football this year. But before we get into all that, uh, big big news day, newsy day on on Tuesday, um, we'll be showing this to you guys. So you guys probably listening or watching on Wednesday. Um, Ty Robinson, Ty Robinson coming back. Tony White being contacted for the San Diego State head coaching position. But let's let's start off the, with that first one, Steve. I mean, Ty Robinson. I mean, it was a bit, it was a bombshell. I thought he was going to be coming back. Um, now you dropped the news that he's returning for a sixth year. So what, uh, what, what's the impact there? How big of a deal is that? Yeah, it's a huge deal, uh, especially for Nebraska's defense
1: that has really taken a step forward this year in Tony White's first season and just gotten, you know, steadily better as the season gone on. It's got, you know, the Huskers are the, one of the best rush defenses in the country, uh, which is really cool, cool to see. And Ty Robinson has been a big part of that. Uh, if you just like kind of what I like doing when, when you're rewatching the games, you know, you, you like to maybe key on a guy here and there and just kind of watch him only for a few plays. I've been doing that with Ty Robinson um, and he's turned, he's just been a monster uh, to finish the season, uh, second half of the season. He's just been unblockable sometimes. And you know, his, his technique, I think his hand warfare, that type of stuff. It's been really, really fun to watch because he's just like worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. That's a testament to him himself, uh, getting better. It's a testament to Terrence Potrose Knighton, his defensive line coach. Um, I think that guy is a rising star in the coaching industry and it's a a credit to Tony White too. Um, just, you know, looking at Ty Robinson, seeing this six foot six, 310 pound dude and asking yourself, okay, how can I get this guy to be successful? And I think, um, all the stunts, the the slants, the, um, everything that Tony White and Terrence Knighton do on, um, at their defensive front, I think it really benefits Ty. And I think he's, he, he it's obvious to me that he's gotten so much more confident um, this season compared to last year. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a massive, massive deal. He's having a career year. And for him to come back, uh, Nebraska's going to be getting a six-year Ty Robinson, that looks pretty good. So when you look at, when you try to, when you look at elsewhere on the D-line and you close your eyes and try to picture what this de- defensive front is going to look like next year, you got guys like, Now, this is considering if everybody comes back, because who knows what's going to happen this offseason. College football is wild with transfer portal, NIL, all that stuff. It's smart to not be surprised about anything, any possibilities, because it's all all up in the air right now. But with Ty Robinson coming back, you could have Nash Huttmacher coming back. You could have Ken Lenhart coming back, Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnarsson, Riley Van Poppel, Prince Will, Uman Mielin, uh, a 250-pound James Williams Uh, he's 235 right now, but Tony white talked today. And, uh, he said that, you know, they're, they're redshirting James Williams, uh, this year, he's not going to be playing against Iowa. They think, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, once he gets in the off season, uh, weight training schedule, conditioning, all that stuff, they want to bump him from 235 and try to get him, you know, to, uh, 15 to 20 pounds heavier for next season, 2024. So he's not just a a really thin rail thin type pass rushing guy. He's a guy who can rush a passer, but also kind of hold his own against the run. So I think that's going to be really interesting. You also have guys like uh, rotation guys, like, uh, Elijah Judy, Maverick Noonan coming off that knee injury that we didn't even see before. Who knows what he's going to bring in his first year. Um, if Prince man can, can do what he's doing, Cam Lenhart can do what he's doing. What's Maverick going to do? I mean, I'm really interested in that. So, you know, when you close your eyes, Uh, Look at 2024's defensive front with Ty Robinson. It looks pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, and it's really interesting. One point before I hit on White and kind of that big news, the one thing too, Steve, that I feel like no one ever remembers, and I remembered as you were talking about it, Ty Robinson didn't have a a full off season this year either. Remember that. So as we Mm -hmm. think about Ty taking off and ramping up here later in the season, a a large part of that might also be that he's, you know, back to the form that he should have been at at the beginning of the season because he had that off season. I believe it was shoulder surgery um, Mm -hmm. that he was recuperating from and missed all of, of spring ball. So getting a full off season after having this career year, where who knows where he could go um in the mm-hmm. offseason to continue to get better. So that that's super exciting for Nebraska fans because as we know in the Big Ten, it all starts up front, but it also starts on defense, right? And to be mm-hmm. able to keep your to keep your defensive coordinator is going to be the portal priority one uh, now for this offseason. And we found out today via reports that Tony White has been contacted by San Diego State um for their vacant head coaching job. We know that Matt Rule. Um, yesterday talked about, hey, he said, go get a job is what he said to Tony White, um, because he had a search firm reach out for Tony White's phone number. And he told him all glowing things about Tony White and and said that he would be able to do it. I thought that Matt Rule's comments, though, were fascinating about taking the right job and making sure that you take a job where he said that expectations, oh, no, I'm going to lose it. Expectations don't outweigh commitment. That's what it was, um, which I think It it was smart, and it's true, but it also Mm -hmm. is a message, Trev Alberts in the brass here, don't kid yourself, that you better continue to spend because no matter how much money Nebraska does have, uh, they don't spend at the level of some of the other big boy programs in the nation. But that's a side note to what I'm actually talking about, which is Tony White um, being contacted for the uh, San Diego State job. He's got strong ties to the West Coast, right? Um, he was a three-year starting linebacker at UCLA, began his career out there coaching at San Diego State, um, learned the three-three-five out there, also was at Arizona State. So he another kind of West Coast job. Um, and so he's well familiar and versed with that area of the country. This is probably this is a threat. This is there's no real way to to sugarcoat that. Like if 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 Tony White gets an interview, he's going to be a strong candidate for this job um, because of all of the things that all three of us here on this pod have seen from him this year. How many different times have we said kind of off pot or off mic just together, man, he seems like a head coach. Like that dude looks like somebody that's going to be a head coach. And so I just fully believe that if he does get an interview, like he'll kill it and knock it out of the park. And so we'll see where it goes. Like it all kind of depends on if, if Tony White thinks that San Diego State job is in fact the right one for him right now, or if he can continue to build this black shirts defense um, and get to maybe an even higher job, which I, I do think is possible. But it's hard to tell someone that kind of the bird in hand go be a head coach situation versus be able to able to pick and choose an even better situation maybe down the line. I don't know. That's tough. It's tough. It's really hard.
0: Yeah, that's something I wanted to uh, hit on. Was I, I I'm appreciative or I'm glad whatever uh, phrase you want to use that Matt Ruled said what he said and that he is in full blown. Uh, public support of, of Tony White or all of his assistants going and getting, uh, getting jobs um, just because it, he's a guy who left from, uh, from Temple to Baylor after four years, left from Baylor to Carolina after three years. So from that standpoint, it's like, I think he would have pretty hypocritical if he said, if he was, had any sort of tone, like he wasn't like, Happy or like wasn't supportive of his of his assistants going and seeking other jobs because that's exactly what he's done in the past multiple times. So um, that was that was good from from that standpoint. And uh, yeah, like like you guys said or like you said, Greg, Tony White is uh, priority number one to keep this off season beyond any of the portal guys. And uh, he's probably the one that he he might be the one that would be from a financial standpoint easiest to keep or not even easiest but simplest because it's like if it don't let money be an object and i right. i sort of assume that it won't be based on how the coaching search went with matt rule to get him here where the financial burdens or the financial uh, uh financial um, situation was not uh was not a hindrance to to trev albert it it looked like the or the price tag was getting higher and he was told, "Don't let money be a factor. Go get your guy if like that's what needs to happen." I think, um, I think Nebraska would pay would pay Tony White uh, if you have to pay him Jim Knowles' money, make him a two million dollar D coordinator, then that's what you have to do. Like, yeah, keep a guy like that um, in the fold because I mean, things are shaping up that if you bring him back and now with Ty Robinson coming back, you could have one of the best defensive lines in the Big Ten. You could have one of the best defenses in the Big Ten, and that's sort of what's been setting up. Um, all season, because like what Matt Rule said yesterday uh, or on Monday, we're in the building phase right now. Like one day, whenever that day is, we'll be in the contending phase. But right now, we're in the building phase, and that's when you look at the defense specifically. If you are bringing back the the ringleader of that whole operation and Tony White, and now you're bringing back the like main henchman and Ty Robinson, who I think is arguably the best defensive player on the roster, and that that is arguable. Like they. He's not far and away, but um, he's up there. If you're bringing back those two guys just to start, you see a trickle-down effect of Nash coming back and all the guys that uh, Steve listed off. Um, It's sort of setting up as like act one to this two-part act of next year. They already have one of the best defenses in the Big Ten and one of the better ones in the country, but if you can take that to an elite level, you might wind up with the best defense in the Big Ten, one of the best defenses in the entire nation. I'm talking like top 10 unit overall so really really exciting so we go from the tony white stuff to, uh where it's like ah damn like you kind of saw that coming i think rule was setting that up last week when he was talking about how he wants his head coaches or he wants to to build a head coaching tree and then this week uh, this stuff comes out it's like damn tony white might go that well i guess we'll play uh we'll uh We'll play our, the cards were dealt and then boom, 10 minutes later, Ty Robinson coming back. It's like, Oh, okay. It's like that meme with the the girl when she like drinks the thing and it's like bitter at first, like, ugh. And then, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. maybe, maybe something good comes out of it. So for that's for the future, but for the here and now, uh, on a bold predictions episode, Nebraska, Iowa, we spent so much time talking about those two guys because it's that important. And it could be important will be important. I think in all of our minds on Saturday against Iowa. Um, so I'm going to bring it around. I'm going to stop talking and, uh, bring it around for, for bold predictions. I have a Ty Robinson one, so you guys can't steal it. So we'll bring it around to me at the end. Um, Steve, what's your first one? You're up.
1: We're going to go from Ty Robinson to a kicker. All right. So my bold (laughs) prediction is going to be, uh, Nebraska walks off the Hawkeyes with a 42 yard field goal as time expires to go bowling for the first time since 2016, shout out Mike Riley. So that means Tristan Alvano is going to nail a 42 yarder as time expires and run the other way and celebrate with everybody. And the Huskers are going bowling. Um, you know, this, this kind of got me this week kind of got me uh, thinking about Alvano because, you know, we're filming this on Tuesday, Omaha West side is going for a a state championship um tonight and um you know last year's state class A state championship game uh Westside beat Gretna and that's where Tristan Alvano got his full ride scholarship from the performance that he had in that game in that moment in that stadium memorial stadium he he drilled 5 field goals that night uh, from distances of 26 42 44 45 and even hit a 50 yarder so Alvano was clutch in in that game and I think he'll be clutch on Friday as a Husker. And, you know, maybe if we get lucky, maybe we can get him to blow a kiss to Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz, something like that after he does it uh, just like the Iowa Hawkeyes own kicker did back in the frost era. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, But my bold prediction um, Tristan Alvano kicks a 42 yard game winning field goal um, as
2: time expires. Yeah, you know, first of all, I love that. I I don't know that there has been one of these that I would like to see more, just because of how fired up that would make him, um, mm-hmm. and how fun it would be in the stadium for that. I sorry, I would just love to see that um, in that situation. Mine though will it would provide a little bit of chaos which so I'm going to be a little bit, I'm going to pull a joker here and go with a little bit of chaos and say that brother, that I almost said Brock Purdy after these guys did it on the <laughs> broadcast all game last week. Damn it. Uh, That's what Chubba I was going to say. I noticed that. Like broad, yeah, like Chubba last two Purdy, yeah, Chubba Purdy <laughs> has a huge 250 total yards in the game. Now, which doesn't seem like a lot, but go look at those stat lines and you'll see that from Nebraska's quarterbacks, that's a big number, maybe the biggest total yardage all year. Harburg might've hit that one time uh, this season, but he has 250 plus total yards, sparking a controversy heading into the off season. Everybody right now thinks, and myself included, that Nebraska is going to have to go in the portal to fix their quarterback situation, right? I think that, you know, I don't put words in you guys' mouth, but I feel like you're in agreement. Um, and so I, and like I said, I'm there as well, but what happens if at Purdy actually goes out here after playing a good game last week. And I know I took a lot of crap on the board because I gave him a C on his post-game grade. Um, and you know, Oh my God, if that was a C, what was it last week? Well, the week before that I gave it an F. So <laughs> that was better. It's average. I thought it was an average performance, a lot of good in the beginning, not so much in the middle and then okay. In the end. So after,
0: after what we've seen all year Greg, and listen after what we've now seen I didn't now you said all it. year
2: like yeah. that's an A plus plus
0: plus with like I'm not even grading more on a pluses. curve
2: over here, man. Like we're we over here, we're tough. We're tough in this household.
0: Um so Rating, it was, was great for Caleb Williams, like a B minus <laughs> for his best oh, game. No, don't
2: don't get us started on Caleb Williams. We had a whole conversation about that. Um, anyway, I don't want to derail this thing. I think that if he has that type of performance, it does bring into question whether or not how hard Nebraska needs to go after a major starting quarterback candidate in the portal. And when I say major, I'm talking about guys that, you know, I feel like NIL has been a thing that's come up all week. You've seen multiple coaches around the country say, we need more. We need more because everybody's trying to get offensive, defensive linemen and some quarterbacks, right? But those guys are going to be expensive. Um, if Chuba Purdy can show that Nebraska doesn't have to go get a million dollar quarterback, Maybe that helps. I'm going to say he gets that done this weekend with his 250 yards plus uh, a total offense that makes people feel really good on the back of the performance last week. It will be a nice step forward.
0: And I am in total disagreement with with that. I don't think it matters. He could come out and throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. I don't think it matters at all. I think you still have to go after that million-dollar quarterback in the portal. Like You cannot... Go based off a two game sample size and one drive sample size after all of the disastrous things we've seen all year from the quarterback position and feel good about just getting Chubba and then maybe getting a secondary guy in the portal. I think you're going to have to go get a quality type A type quarterback in the portal, no matter what we see on Saturday. Just because you can't risk year two of the Matt Rule era in this build, you can't risk not going after a guy like that if you don't get him, okay but you have to go you have to use your resources and go after um go after a guy who you feel can bring that bring the ceiling of this program up in year two and year three i mean there is the risk though obviously there's the inherent risk of that we saw it play out in the worst possible fashion with jeff sims who has been i mean I guess it's arguable that he's been the worst quarterback in the country, or at least the power five this year, because I mean, that's just what the results have, have said. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I actually do think, I, I agree with you though, that I think Chuba Purdy is going to, I think he could have a good game. I mean, it's, it's Iowa. So it's a, it's the biggest test of the season for, uh, for this offense. <laughs> that's not good already. Um, so his second start pass rush is going to be coming after him. Like they have uh they have a good secondary, quality secondary, but Cooper DeJean's not on it again. So uh, that plays into it because what happened last year, Steve? Who woke up pissed off last year before the Iowa game?
1: Um, uh, the, the wide receiver from LSU. Trey Palmer. <laughs> <Hey>, Palmer. <laughs> Palmer. So, Sorry, okay, so does Buck.
2: somebody, does Malachi Coleman wake up pissed off <laughs> during the no. game? I'm going to text him. I hope he t- he needs to tweet that out. Like, I'm going to remind him of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're that's the that's the interesting part of this is like okay, last year the I mean, you hate to say it, but I mean, just spitting talking facts. Then I think the number one reason they beat Iowa last year is because of Cooper DeGene's injury. Because right after that, the next series he gets hurt on the first series of the game, and Nebraska immediately goes after the freshman corner who came in and Trey Palmer burns for an 87-yard touchdown, then gets another 18-yard touchdown, 195 yards receiving in that game like it was a big factor and then boom two weeks before they they're set to play again cooper DeGene out for the year with an injury so it's like oh that's as i mean you don't you, obviously you don't root for injuries to to different players from nebraska or other teams but it does help it does benefit nebraska in this game and i think we're gonna see that i think we're gonna see it um another another 60 or another 50 plus yard touchdown reception saw Jaden Doss now have two of those um, with a 58 yarder against Wisconsin and a 73 yarder against Purdue. Uh, Those were the two longest pass plays of the season for Nebraska. The third longest was Malachi Coleman of 44 yards. And I'm going to go with Malachi to get that third one. I'm going to have him going for a 60 yard touchdown reception against Iowa and taking advantage of of that absence of uh, their star defensive player, their best guy on that side of the ball. So I have that but when we bring it around for final score predictions, I, uh, I'm still, I, I'm not, I'm going to go last because I still have been battling back and forth. Not as bad as the Nebraska Maryland game for me, but I've been battling back and forth on what I, I want to predict to happen. I might just, I might flip a coin. I see a quarter lying over there. So I might just go flip that and then pick. So final score predictions going to bring it around real fast. Steve, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I get kind of gave a hint with mine with Alvano kicking a game-winning field goal. So uh, Nebraska sixteen, Iowa thirteen. They get them for a second straight year.
0: You you had a prime opportunity to go thirteen to ten and game-winning field goal as time expires. Because just to, as a nice, I needed more points, points than that in
1: this in this offensive showdown. We're about to see Friday.
0: I think it's so, supposed to be a high of like
1: 33 degrees and like cloudy. Uh, so, the temperature the snow, be, no, no, the temperature snow? is
0: going to be higher than the
1: well. Super I see, a, I have a snow emoji on Saturday, but there's nothing for Friday. So, I don't know, maybe
2: oh, darn. I'm, I'm you know me, I know. I'm so upset. Snow would be awesome, uh, yeah, for somebody. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <but> that, <laughs> that has nothing to do with my score prediction. I am actually, I, I think. Am I hitting the over? I'm going to go Nebraska 17, Iowa 13, I do. It's another close, ugly one. Uh, But I do think Nebraska gets them two years in a row. I think the whole team is going to wake up pissed off. And I think Nebraska, and I've said this before, I know it makes some people mad. I feel like Nebraska players have finally started taking this rivalry seriously and got tired of being punched in the mouth by Iowa. It started two years ago, finally. And now I think that they're kind of settled into this rivalry. I think Nebraska wins at 17-13.
0: All right, you guys got me. Nebraska 14, Iowa 11. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to come up with the most random scores. I want to say twelve to. 11. It
2: happens to Nebraska all the time. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: and then last week it's it's the uh, pregame of Wisconsin Nebraska, and you look at the scoreboard: and Illinois ten, Iowa nine. It's like what the hell, man? Like, well, how does that happen? And I'm, I think based on principle, I'm not gonna, I can't pick Iowa because this whole Kirk Ferentz I've been saying all like, all year, or at least the last few weeks, this Kirk Ferentz deal with the devil thing is just it didn't bother me going into the year or even halfway through the year, but the more you see it happen. Like I, I'm not, a, I'm not a Nebraska fan. I'm not an Iowa hater. It's just driving me nuts that Iowa keeps winning these games when they scored 12 points or 13 points and they have one like 20 yard run at, on the last drive of the game that winds up mattering that sets up the game winning touchdown or game winning field goal. I'm like, how do they keep doing this? Like, I feel like there's gotta be a time where that, that comes back to bite them at least once i'm gonna be i'm banking on it to be this game against nebraska so i got 14 11 i'm under hitting by one and a half point If it's at sitting at 26 and a half which is unbelievable that iowa had a 27 and a half point over under this year and still went under that point total so i think also steve steve had was in the wake of the um, nebraska wisconsin game we were doing a rapid recap video and Steve talked for like two minutes straight about like how yeah. the emotion in the locker room, um, like how mad and uh, disappointed, like upset the players mm-hmm. were and mm-hmm. how he thought that they were going to come out the next week against Iowa and play mad and, and play with heart and passion. And um, he was talking all this optimism, I'm like, man, you, if you, you have never seen a glass half empty. They're always half full. Like, Well,
1: it came from, it came from just like impressed. sitting it at- Sitting in that post game press conference and watching, you know, the the guys that talked to the media, it was like Marquise Buford, uh, I was Chubba Purdy, Nick, um, Nick Henrick. A lot of them had tears in their eyes. They weren't crying outwardly, but you could tell that they were holding so much inside. And I just thought to myself, they're all going to remember what they felt in the locker room at Wisconsin when they lost 24 17 in overtime. And they're going to use that as fuel to you know, let the fire burn inside. And, you know, of course it's Iowa. Everybody hates Iowa. They hate us. We hate them, blah, 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 all that stuff. I just think it's going to, it's going to turn into, you know, a positive thing for the Huskers. And I, I, I'm i going with my gut with that. And I, I could, it could definitely backfire in my, in my, uh, in my face. It's the big 10 West after all, who knows what the hell is going to happen on Friday. But um, yeah, I just got the feeling when I was watching, when, when I was listening to them in that postgame presser, when Marquise Buford um or or Nick Henrick, his his voice was kind of like going fluttering up and down when he was answering questions of like, oh boy, I bet he's gonna knock somebody's head off next week. So that's just where I'm coming from. But um yeah, I just feel it inside. I think they're gonna get this one.
2: I like it. I think that that's, and that was kind of my biggest question of the week and how would they respond to that? And so hearing Steve say that makes me feel better about my pick. Uh, So yeah, that's good. And plus it's like,
1: what does Ty Robinson making that announcement before the game, telling everybody before the game that he's coming back? Does that like, yeah, get like good, this could get be the, the good vibes going to get too. It go. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be even better if Tony White came out and said, like, Hey, I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like doing the yeah, Leo DiCaprio. I He's like, no, he does you no, He's got to do it after I'm, the I'm after I'm game. Leaving.
2: Yeah. He got to do it after the game. It's like, yes. I ain't leaving. And by the way, I got bumped to two million bucks. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, what's the paycheck up to now, Tony? Yeah, it's not yeah. not even important. Yeah, me. we need to talk about that. It's not about money, okay. guys.
0: It's not about Yeah, money. yeah,
2: it's not about money. But salary got doubled. Not about nothing. <laughs> it may yeah. not be ultimately about be about money, It might but, not be. But, like I don't I don't I actually don't get the feeling that that's the driving force yeah. for him. No, like I don't mm-hmm. know him a ton, but I know him well enough. Like it, it I don't think that that's actually the the driving force with Tony White, honestly.
1: And it could be like, you know, staying put Um, turning, turning this defense and like showing consistently with the defense, then obviously with the, with the new teams coming into the big 10, does it get Tony white excited to see what he, his defense can do in year two Mm -hmm. or year three or year four with guys with, uh, UCLA coming to town, USC, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley, hot shot offense. Like, Hey, I can, Hey, Hey, come to Lincoln or we'll go to LA check this defense out. I think that's maybe something that could be in the back of his mind where if he just stays put, um, you know, shows and just continues to build what he has built. Um, against some of these offenses are that are coming
0: into the conference next, uh, uh, next year. I think that might have something to play with it too. Oh, I think it absolutely does. Like, I mean, San Diego State. You don't know. Maybe they wind up going to uh, some sort of Pac-12 or Pac-10 with Oregon State, Washington State, and whatever happens there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and but there's that versus the stability of the of the big 10. And then you have the Syracuse opening too, obviously. Um, And you just wonder, like, would he even be attracted to that job? Like with all of the difficulties that that brings, like with the poor recruiting base um, and having to convince kids to come up to Syracuse to play football and like getting the quality guys that you need to get, like um, he doesn't have experience as a, um, as a head coach yet. So that would be, I think it'd be a really tough place to go um, for your first job, but maybe he sees that he can do it. I'm just, I'm not trying to like make the case that he should stay. I'm just sort of spitballing, um, random, random thoughts out there. So who knows what, uh, what lies down the line for Tony white. We know what lies down the line for Ty Robinson. Um, and that's, uh, that's not just an Iowa game that they could use as a springboard. It's also another six year to try to increase his draft stock and make this defense, uh, Perhaps one of the best in the Big Ten and one of the best in the country next season. But uh, final thought is just uh, like you guys said, this could be a springboard game. Ethan Piper said it at Big Ten Media Days in the summer about how big uh, beating Iowa was last year, just to get sort of he said some sort of semblance of an accomplishment um, to sort of lead into this into this next era. So maybe we see it again uh, on on Friday as they take on Iowa. It's 11 a.m. Central kickoff on CBS. I don't remember the last time Nebraska was on on CBS. I think it was a bowl game several years ago. I have to look that up. I'm sure plenty of, uh, plenty of viewers and <laughs> listeners know when they're screaming like, you're an idiot. But uh, facts, well point or good point. Um, but we'll see on Friday what uh, what goes down between these two in the rivalry game. So Steve Mark and Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter. We'll catch you guys again next time.